Nicole and Brittany, and together we're here to help you figure out what's right for you in your wellness in this fast-paced world. Nicole and I both have recently watched The Social Dilemma. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I had a moment. Um, (laughs) And it inspired us to want to just talk our take on it, some things that we do to check in with ourselves and how much uh, we limit our time on our phones and what we do when we notice that we've been on our phones too much. Hi, guys. Welcome back. This week, Nicole and I are going to explore a topic that's been pretty prevalent lately um, with smartphones and the impact on mental health. So as always, we're going to start off our episode today with just a moment for mindfulness. So I want you to just take a deep breath, breathing in through the nose, breathing out through the mouth, breathing in, feeling the lungs expanding, breathing out, feeling a sense of letting go, breathing in to feel the body getting fuller. Breathing out to feel the release of any tension. Breathing in, feeling alive and awake. Breathing out, feeling muscles relaxing. Breathing in that sense of fullness. Breathing out that unnecessary tension. So you watched this, right? Yeah. Just make sure. Okay. Yeah, I watched it and it was so funny because I think it was like two weeks ago I watched it and um, Joey was out in the kitchen and he's like, what the fuck are you watching? Like, this sounds so depressing. Like, why would you even watch this? It was pretty depressing, to be honest. It was. And um, like, a couple of things that I gathered from it is like, that whole storyline with the boy and, like, how he was, like, feeling and stuff. And it's just, like, to go from I, – I don't know. Like, to me, it just makes so much sense why there's so much depression in this generation of people who are coming up. And, like, I don't know. Like, I don't want it to like, yeah. get too deep and overgeneralize, but – and then the anger from the little girl when she, like, broke the box. Like, the whole family storyline to me was, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that part, um, whatever. Like, and I don't, I don't know. Like, I've noticed more so now, like, from watching that, how often, like, I'm checking to, like, find out where my phone is. And, like, usually mm-hmm. your phone is within, like, however many feet of you. Um but, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes when I get, like, sad, now I'm, like, all right, is it because of my phone? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just yeah. giving me more of, like, when there's those times when you don't know why you feel sad. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, like, giving me more clarity around that as, like, um, yeah, this is, like, a powerful piece of technology that we don't even really know how to use. Yeah, it's crazy, like... I always think back to, like, I remember when the first iPhone was coming out. Like, I remember them talking about it. I'm like, oh, so it's just basically an 
eye touch with phone capabilities. Like I remember thinking that. And, and then I just like, just to see where I've come from then to like now it is absolutely insane. Like how much things have developed. So my first phone memory was like having the Nokia, like not even a flip phone, like one of those. Right. And the bricks. Yeah. And like, I don't know how old I was that I could be walking through the mall by myself. And, like, I don't think I really got a phone until I was, like, 15 anyways. Uh, But I remember walking through the mall and feeling uncomfortable and just, like, grabbing my phone and looking down at it and, like, changing my ringtone. You know what I mean? Like, not even doing something. And that was – even at that time, I knew I was using it as, like, a way to avoid an awkward social situation. Yeah, that's, like – I do the same thing to this day because like if I don't practice being social I and I and I'm like out of the situation for a long time and I get put back into like a social situation I'm so awkward and like I don't I hate small talk because I'm just like let's talk about something real but yeah (laughs) so like if I don't have anything to say like I will grab my phone and pretend like I'm doing something important or you know checking something or if I'm like like walking down the street and then I forget that I'm going the wrong direction. I don't want to look like an idiot. I look at my phone and like, yeah, <laughs> be like, oh, let me change directions. Like something came up. Yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Like it's such a, it's such a clutch. Like we definitely, um, use it to avoid feelings, which is totally not okay. Um, cause as you said, you felt uncomfortable. Like, why can't we just feel uncomfortable? Right. And notice like, why do you feel uncomfortable and question right. that? Good. Yeah. yeah. But that was like, since then I've noticed that the more time that I spend on my phone, the worse I feel. And like, I obviously knew that, or I didn't know that before. Like, so it was kind of cool to put that part of it together. It was like, yeah, if I spend the day like scrolling mindlessly for a couple hours, I'm not going to feel lit up and like myself because I'm literally just, not really moving and I'm doing that comparison thing and there's obviously like greater technology that keeps us hooked there's that psychological aspect to it um that I I don't know I do think it makes us like sad at times yeah definitely I I don't still know how to like say that right now like without sounding like Because I don't really know what I'm talking about, like, in that sense. But, like, that's how it makes me feel. Right. And I feel like not a lot of people know what they're talking about because this technology is so new. Mm -hmm. And, like, we really don't know the repercussions. And, like, this documentary, The Social Dilemma, is just kind of starting to hint at and start a conversation about it. Um, And it's just, like, a lot more research and time has to go into... Um, analyzing like what it's doing to our society and to ourselves so I I know for me Britt when I watched it and I'm sure the same thing for you because we try to be aware as much as possible about you know what we're doing and stuff but like when I first started I'm like this documentary is not really telling me much that I didn't know already um at the beginning and then like as I got into it I'm like oh that's an interesting point and like the definitely by the end I was like that was like a good thing to watch even though it was a lot of it was reiterating what I kind of already had thought of myself. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you had the same. Yeah, it did take a deeper dive down 
some things that I really hadn't given much thought to. And Mm -hmm. that advertising component is so much darker and deeper than I did realize. Like, we all say how we talk about something and then it shows up on our phone. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, the algorithms that they use and, like... And, like, I I still think that they're listening in on us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's true or not, but... Um, but like the algorithms are using to like completely like pinpoint exactly what you would like. And like, I find myself on Instagram. I'm like, Oh my God, I want like, when you've seen ad, I'm like, I sometimes, I often tap on them a lot to like, go see the product. Absolutely. And then, um, what also got me was how long we spend on a post, like how long oh my we God. hold down that story or how long we look at that post. That That's crazy. Out so freaky like excuse me why why do you need this like I know now I'm like now I'm so aware so if anyone hasn't watched it they were talking about ways they track you and the algorithms they use so basically it's like it it tracks everything you do what you look at what you click on how long you look at a post for if you play a video if you don't play a video like all this information they're collecting at, at every time to collect all this data on you to market towards you basically I think one of those things is that social media is social media is selling you you are the product they're selling our attention to advertisers yeah so in that part with the data I was always like well they're not gonna go far with like my bank account and information so I don't you know like that's to me what I think of with data and it's like Mm -hmm. it's so much deeper than just right your bank account information like it gets down to it's like you're they're like tapping into your brain like your ego your what drives you yeah it's it's they're basically master manipulators whether they began this trying to do that or not that's what it's become um and I think one of the things that really was kind of eye-opening what they said was like we are users and the only other people that they call users are drug users yeah that was so I was like I was like uh excuse me (laughs) like this is an addiction like that's it's addictive and we all we all know that yeah but the difference with the drug users and the cell phone users is it's so easy for us to say like okay well we know the repercussion of using drugs so mm-hmm. we're not even going to use drugs. Like, I'm not going to go down that path because I know that that's not going to be a good thing. Whereas I don't even think we ever had the opportunity for consent when it comes to our cell phones and things just shifted so quickly into this technology that we don't even really know how to handle. We don't know what it's doing to us where we do have, I mean, from an outside viewpoint, we're not going to use drugs because we know they're bad for us and we know there's health implications and that it can tear apart lives and it's addicting. I don't think we got that chance. We all got our smartphones in our hands and we didn't get to know that there was repercussions for using them. Yeah. And I think what's so different from like us, we grew up before... Um, smartphones came into play so this was just like progressive technology that we kind of went with whereas like someone that's born you know even five years ago there's we kind of know now some of the repercussions and like we can make that conscious decision to be like no you're not going to be 
growing up on social media, which funny enough, all the people that were in this documentary who were former workers of Google, Facebook, Instagram, all of it were saying, yeah, I don't let my kids have social media, which is like crazy. So they obviously know too. Um, But yeah, we didn't grow with that chance to be like, wait a minute, because it was like, okay, first it started with AIM. We were instant messaging each other on the computer. Mm -hmm. Then we got Facebook. Then, you know, and then we got the phone. So we had Facebook on our phones and we had Instagram and we had Snapchat. Then we had, you know, it kept going and going. Um, and we didn't really realize what we were getting ourselves into. Yeah. And I think um, we've become more and more aware of that paradox that even though we're so connected through our phones, we're also so disconnected in real life and in, in right. social settings. And um, for me, one of the biggest things was realizing that at school, if you were being bullied or you were, you know, going through something, you came home and you had that peace at least at home or Mm -hmm. you're away from the bully. And then um, with the connection of social media and the internet, that just never ends. Like you're just always connected. You don't get that peace and freedom um, from what's going on at school. And it always seemed like if you did get picked on about something you went home and you came back and it was like a new day whereas like it doesn't really end now like the Mm -hmm. day doesn't end when you get off the school bus um which we know there is definitely things going on um as far as like mental health goes for younger kids and how cyberbullying is such an issue and I didn't grow up um with that cyberbullying as much I mean like people were getting on instant messenger we had myspace uh, but I don't think it wasn't until I was like a senior in high school that we had facebook um, right accessible so I don't as much um I, I mean I'm just really glad that we didn't have to experience that as much but now um seeing that and just seeing that repercussion that like things just never go away because there is the internet too Yeah, you never have that time. I mean, which is even more so now, like, if we're we're not disconnecting from it, there's so much shit going on in the world. Like, like, it feels like the world is just a dumpster fire. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're never disconnecting, like you're never resting ever, like your nervous system's not resting, your brain, like nothing's resting, you're just constantly feel like everything's on fire. When, you know, before that we could just disconnect you know we could not watch tv and that was like the, tv was our only kind of like uh connection to the rest of the world yeah and it time. was like so. in the morning and in the night there wasn't right before our news mm-hmm. uh, in that sense so yeah and it's like what how would we be different if we weren't connected in this way like if we didn't have this access to a plethora of information all of the time 24 7 Um, And how much different our lives would be without that. I live in a community where there's a lot of um, people that are Amish and Mennonites. Mm -hmm. And I just always find it so interesting when I see them, like, how much different things are for them. There's kids outside, like their kids are always outside, like frolicking in the fields, doing the work. Uh, for the farm they're putting out like the pumpkins and they're manning their fruit stands and stuff and it's just so interesting to see that you know and you know do they even know about the coronavirus things like that and (laughs) 
and they don't have that aspect of social media running their lives like a lot of us do and it's just kind of cool to be able to see and compare and contrast that like in my own little community yeah it definitely makes me think like what would I be like today if I didn't grow up with all this technology or if it hadn't you know developed so quickly and like because it really does it it's so sneaky because it's slow and insidious how it happens and I in the end, it really toys with our self-worth and our identity. Um, and I like wonder what I think even just what I would think of myself, like confidence wise, like physically and mentally. Yeah. You know, today, if it was different, because I think it probably has taken a toll on me in more ways than I even could like list out. So yeah, it's, it's pretty, I don't know. It is interesting because in that podcast, or sorry, in the, um documentary they were like well what's wrong like what is the thing that's wrong with social media and no one could answer because it's not one thing yeah and it's not and and as i said as i said in there and i also agree i don't think that social media was created for evil i don't think it was set out to be what it is today um it was meant and it was created and meant to connect people. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think that like, there are like great things that have came out of it. Um, and that I can connect with someone in, you know, Germany, Australia, wherever, um, that I would never have met otherwise. Um, but it's kind of ironic how it's twisted and turned, especially in this past couple of years, it's really set out to divide us yeah. instead. Um, and what they talked about, I think another eye-opening aspect for me was I knew there was like this algorithm, but I really didn't think about how they're only showing you what they think you would want to see. Mm-hmm. And they're only showing other people what they think they would want to see. So if you have two people with completely different views, they're only going to show you your view. So you, A, think you're right all the time. Right. And you think, why aren't these, like, you know, today's political climate you're thinking why are these people so ignorant why are you know right but that's not all their fault either because they're only seeing the other side so I'm not seeing their side they're not seeing my side so we can't I think that was a huge eye-opener for me in in which like I have to stop being so hard on other people and myself um and that's why I know a lot of people are like oh I unfollowed or I unfriended that person because of their you know, what they're for or against or whatever. And I, I didn't want to do that because I'm like, well, then that's just only narrowing it down to what I want to hear. Yeah. And if I want to be a good person in society, I need to know what everyone hears and thinks and believes because even if I don't agree with it. And I think Um, we're in this time right now where like everybody's opinion is only valid if it's the same opinion that I have. And Mm-hmm. I think that that has been created through social media. I mean, I don't have all the answers by any means, mm-hmm. but it seems like, for one, it's so much easier to voice your opinion online than it is in person. Uh, I totally think that if you sat down with people and had a conversation face to face, that you could understand both sides of the coin. But when you're sitting behind a screen, you can get mm-hmm. in a different um you have, first of all, miscommunication because 
you're taking something the way that you think somebody's saying it, not right. how they are saying it. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, you're going to say things that you wouldn't say in person online, yeah. too. So that's always just been surprising to me. And, like, I don't understand, like, and I feel a lot of love and I feel bad for those people who, like, sit behind a k- keyboard and a troll on people's posts. Like, I just, I feel bad for those people for sure. But social media is a highlight reel of all of our good well, I don't want to say all of our good moments, but like, it really is like that highlight reel. I know a lot of people, myself included, like, I don't really post anything negative. I don't post when I'm having a bad day, but then, you know, once in a while, it is nice to connect and be relatable and have like your vulnerabilities shown. Um, But I would say the majority of people are posting like the best picture out of the 10 selfies that they took. Uh, right. They're not trying to like show a bad side, which I love that about social media. I love the positivity, but then we mm-hmm. get that other side of it where now you're comparing yourself to everybody else and they have a, a husband in a beautiful house and they have a good job and like I'm the same age and I don't have those things and like what's wrong with me and now you Mm -hmm. start to feel really bad about yourself um and I don't remember where I heard this from but it was a while ago and it was about like when you're posting things online are you posting it to brag about it or are you posting it because you are genuinely happy to share that with people and like that really was eye-opening to me um, and just mm-hmm. being able to make sure that when I'm putting stuff out that I am doing it because I want to share, not because I want to be like, ooh, look at how good I am. And like, because I think people can see through that. Yeah. And And so, like, when you start to think about and get really intentional about with what you post, and I mean, you can post whatever you want that's we have that freedom that's awesome um but I know for me it's just been a lot more validating where I don't feel like oh I have to post like every time something good happens to me but it's more Mm -hmm. of like I want to share something with my community yeah if that makes sense for sure it's funny because I I struggle with that whole like only posting positive things but then is that Am I being like to toxic positivity? Like, I don't want to put that vibe out there, but I also, I want to share experiences that are um, authentic to me. And I, but it's also, you don't want to be like a Debbie Downer. So there's, it's, it's difficult. Um, Yeah. And I definitely noticed more recently, like I had a day where I was like, oh my God, I am, 27 years old I only just graduated from school for the third time but I'm like I don't have my own I'm living at my sister's right now I don't have my own place I don't have this I don't have that like I'm so behind everyone else my age and then I stopped myself and I was like okay do you want that like do you want your own house right now and I'm thinking no I really don't want to own my own house right now that sounds horrible okay Mm -hmm. do you want a pet right now or do you want kids like nope 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 I like I didn't even want this stuff it was just like what society and what everyone else is doing I just wanted to feel included yeah um and feel like I had 
feel like I was doing what I quote unquote was expected to do at my age. But like in all reality, I'm actually okay with where I'm at because I don't want those things yet. So like there's almost feels this pressure to do things that you don't even want, which is crazy. Yeah. So like that's a trick for me to like kind of check in and be like, okay, stop. Do you actually want that? Like, yeah. why are you jealous of that? Like, that shouldn't be something you should be jealous of if you don't even want it. Like, don't let the thousand pictures of kids and all this stuff come up make you feel like you should have that now. And just because you like to see it for somebody else doesn't mean that you have to have it for yourself. Right. And being able to get crystal clear on what your values are and knowing mm-hmm. that they always change, too. I mean, not always, but... Right. Well, yeah. In life where what you didn't think you wanted now you do and that's okay Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's hard for us especially once we've put ourselves out there uh on social media is like oh this is a hard no for me and then a year or two goes by and you change your mind and now you feel like you're a fraud because you said oh I didn't want this but now I do and again that all comes back to that comparison game what do other people think of me Um, Mm -hmm. and to some extent, you know, we all have that, but just being able to let go and not care as much what people think about you, but we've been programmed through society for a long time before even social media came around, um, to care what other people think about us. And then now it's really a lot is out there. For the public to see if you choose to put yourself out there um, or not. And I think that there's some of us who want to share our lives, who want to post, who want to um, somehow be in that public eye for one reason or another. And then there's other people who are extremely private, don't want anything to do with that. And I, I think for those of us who do want to post and share with people, that that is a gift that we have and we want to share. So you shouldn't feel bad about sharing and you shouldn't get upset about the people who don't want to share as much either, because I'm a sharer. My husband Mm -hmm. is not a sharer. He's deleted his Facebook since, you know, so, um, and it's okay, you know, and just have that respect for everybody. But I just wish that people could, understand that social media is not real life um Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of us who do get that but I I just know that we spend so much time scrolling through other people's lives that it's easy for us to forget what our own values are right yeah so it's difficult (laughs) no I'm gonna say it's it's just it's a constant battle for me I know like I'll catch myself looking at something like how my recent one, I like sending my niece. I'm like, how is this girl who is like four years younger than me? (laughs) Like, where is all this money coming from? How is she traveling so much? And she's like, I don't know. I was asking, I was thinking the same thing. I'm just, we're just comparing our lives to her because me and my niece are, we're both at the same time in grad school, like half of the time, just miserable and like poor, you know? So we're like glamorizing everyone else's life. Meanwhile, they could be, you know, looking at us being like, man, I wish I could have went to school and did something like that. But, you know, maybe they thought they couldn't do it or, you know, maybe they didn't think that they had 
like the smarts, even though I think everyone is smart in their own way, mm-hmm. um, to do that. Like, so someone could be glamorizing your life. You just don't know it because everyone's just not talking about it. They're just yeah. <laughs> trying to put their best life out there. Um, yeah, it's just, it's hard. And that's, so for me, I know you said Joe had um, stopped using Facebook. So I stopped as well. I still kept it just for a connection mm-hmm. um, basis, but I like took, okay, so I tried to take the app off my phone. This is another creepy part about Facebook. I cannot delete, I cannot uninstall Facebook from my phone. Oh, that's weird. He took like really? 25 minutes and went through and deactivated everything. Like he's gone. But so it I was can like 25 minute process. Yeah, I can like de maybe it's called deactivate from my phone. So the like the app icon goes away, but it's always there. Mm. And so when I s- took that away, and if I ever needed to check out, I just go on my, my laptop or something yeah. and check Facebook. Um, but and I kept Messenger because to connect with people, but um, I so I wasn't checking Facebook like at all for like a solid month. I like maybe went on once. Facebook started emailing me mm. notifications, like notifications of shit I didn't even care about. Right. Like, oh, this person commented or, I'm oh, this person else. added a photo. Like, I don't even talk to that person. I don't care. Stop emailing. Like, another, like, I hate emails that I don't, like, need. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. Yeah. Like, they're just trying to get you back to be addicted to it so they can market to you, so they can push ads your way, so they can tr- control your th- Yeah. <laughs> now I sound like a conspiracy no, theorist. They can nice. control your yeah. mind. But, mm-hmm. but they, I mean, it does slowly put thoughts in your head because you're constantly seeing different things. So it was, like, that's the thing. It's, I just disabled it again. Disabled it. That's what they call yeah. it. Disabled it again because I had been on for a little bit. And Facebook, for me, I don't know about you, but is the worst for my mental health. Like, I don't know if it's the type of people. Like, there's a lot more baby boomers on there or something that makes yeah. me. There's, like, a lot of news, fake news. Really, it's it just seems really negative on there. So I just try to get rid of it as much as I can. And I definitely feel so much better when I'm not scrolling on Facebook versus any other social media account. And I totally got that from my husband's perspective too. Uh, I don't know, maybe because I've developed a couple of different communities on Facebook within Mm -hmm. the people I've met and that's how we connect is through there. So for me, when I get on Facebook, I try to be really intentional about the groups that I'm in and I, have filtered it so like I only see what I I go right to like the groups pages and so mm-hmm. I don't scroll because I agree completely that there's people that I've known my whole life that I'm friends with on Facebook I don't really want to know every thought inside of their head but somehow it's right. up on my feed and then I'm annoyed and then I'm like how can I even be nice to them when I see them in mm-hmm. real life but you get a different version of people when you meet them again in real life. Yeah. So it's really interesting how that works out. And I know that I agree with you that Facebook's probably the worst, but what I've noticed with Instagram is that I am more addicted to Instagram in the sense that like, if I just have my phone in my hand, no matter what, I'll find myself on that app. And I mm-hmm. don't even know why I'm there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I noticed with Instagram, you go through and every four pictures is an advertisement. Mm-hmm. 
So same with Facebook. Apparently yeah, I haven't trusted yeah. that theory, but well, Facebook owns Instagram for the past like three years. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. And I loved Instagram um, when it first came out and I still I do. Know. Um, and I love like Instagram stories because I feel like uh-huh. it really only shows me the people that I love seeing their stories. Yeah. Um, and I think Instagram can just be so pretty and there's not a ton of words. that's yeah Um, well yeah so like it's not for me it's not as depressing because there's not like these news article popping up it's like pictures of me having fun with my friends mostly or if I'm on like that's my personal one if I'm on my Instagram one it's like all this stuff about acupuncture and I love it to learn about stuff like you know these posts about to learn about this or that or whatever um and I I know I'm more addicted to Instagram as well and I think that's why I also like I have recently been on TikTok in the past half a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also, again, it's just videos. So I s- find myself scrolling for hours because there's nothing super depressing or things that really annoy me on there. Uh-huh. Um, and TikTok's algorithm is like insanely accurate. It's it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the stuff they show you and you're like, how do you know I like this? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely for me, like Facebook, I don't, really have that community on so I'm way more addicted to Instagram and like TikTok stuff um yeah but to each their own too so yeah it's interesting and I was telling you this before but the first time I noticed uh that I used my phone as a distraction and as a social clutch I think I was like 15 years old walking through the mall with my brick Nokia phone and (laughs) going past the store and somebody was like looking at me and I felt uncomfortable and I just grabbed my phone and like started, there's nothing you could even do on those phones, but like I was playing around with the settings or something, you know? So, Mm -hmm. uh, and just having that realization right then that like, if I look down at my phone, I don't have to be in this awkward, uncomfortable situation. And now I think we have created a lifestyle out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that part of it's sad and scary to me and just seeing people not being able to connect with each other because of that. Um, I love going out to like lunch or dinner with my grandma because she doesn't have a smartphone. So like she's never on her phone and it's just such a good reminder to like put your phone away and be present and enjoy the company that you're with. Um, but this is another thing that always has come to my mind and I've never really done like any extensive research around it, but just with knowing what I know, mm-hmm. what is this long-term implication of us looking down at our phone from the perspective of the spine and our nervous system? Like I know that you're distracted when you're looking at your phone, right? You're like not as aware of what's going on around you. From a physical standpoint, if we're always putting that compression on our cervical spine to look down at our phone, is it going to lessen our senses overall because we're putting that compression on an area where normally at that level in the spine, we are going to hear the noises around us and it's a protection mechanism for us to look around and be aware of threats. But if we're always like looking down and even when we're not looking down because we look down so much, are we compromised from that? And are we going to be like this zombie race of people who 
don't really know or care what's going on around them. It's just like looking down at our phone. Um, So that part of it really scares me for our society and for myself Mm -hmm. in general, because I can catch myself doing it. Um, As a massage therapist, you feel like people's hump that they have from looking down at their phone all the time. That text text snack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just like also wonder too, like, I'm sure that was not the original plan. Um, mm-hmm. but that's like a really evil thing to think about, like how we can, well, and on. it's, mm-hmm. and it's closing off our heart space. If you yeah. think about it, all that looking down, our shoulders start to round forward and we're closing off our heart space completely, Yeah, which is kind of like, it's, it's a physical manifestation of what you're doing emotionally by constantly being on your phone. Right. Closing and with off just everything. Space and that yeah. throat chakra is mm-hmm. like, it almost just can completely makes everything go like inward and internalize it and like that whole not being able to say how you feel in real life but then to get behind a keyboard and be able to say it or not be able to say it now I feel like now in this day and age like I am constantly like policing myself be like don't 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 say it don't comment about it don't you know because you don't want to make a scene because people do take things out of context um, context and so I'm just constantly policing myself and shutting down my own throat chakra in like not the physical way but in like that I don't want to say it even on social media way so it's just it's a frightening time in that aspect and I know we've been talking a lot about the negatives of social media and I just want to say again that social media is amazing and it has allowed for so many great things to happen um, I think we just need to be a little more aware of how we're using it. Um, right. So, yeah. And the more intentional that you are with it, the better. Like, being able to connect with friends that you don't see in uh, mm-hmm. that end of it. And just, like, being super intentional with it. So, before the pandemic, I had a timer on my phone for one hour a day for Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat because I'm old school wow. and I'm a snapper. Um, Snapchat is like the one thing I don't police because I'm like I feel like it's harmless. It is, and it's like, I know it's not, it but is, like I know, but like I'm really like friends with my Snapchat people and like same. my friends. So there, I can mm-hmm. be myself completely. It's like I love it because I can send videos and talk, and I hate texting. I'm like the worst texter, so exactly. like if I can send a video, it seems more personal to me. Anyway, I know. Continue on what you're saying. Wrong. But um, yeah, so I had this timer on my phone for those three apps and I stuck to it once in a while. I'd give myself like an extra 15 minutes or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I was so good with it. And then I remember the first week of being quarantined and home, um, I took those timers off because I was like, oh, I'm home now. Like I'm on the Mm -hmm. way more. And I remember laying on my couch, holding onto my pop socket, looking up at my phone and Mm -hmm. my pop socket fell off my phone hit me in the face uh, and it was like such a wake-up call of like girl you've been on your phone for like a week straight the pop socket uh, can't even hang on anymore um, yeah but That's I funny. still didn't even put the timers back on so I right. just did that yesterday nice. um, and I I took snapchat off of that but it's for Instagram and Facebook so I have an mm-hmm. hour total for the day with those two apps and I'm just like really excited to see where it goes because I feel like I was a lot more productive back then Mm -hmm. 
um, like time seems to be going by a lot quicker. Like we said, like the days are, you know, going by pretty quickly in that sense when it comes to just because we are online more now. Yeah. Um, so just finding that space for myself. So I put the timer back on. I'm just pumped about it because it like lets you yeah. know when you're getting close and then it, mm-hmm. it kind of snaps you out and wakes you up when you are just mindlessly scrolling. Um, and I'll continue to say this, like if I wake up and get on my phone versus when I just wake up and do my morning routine, it sets the tone for my day. I feel so much better. It doesn't get right into that comparison mode. Yeah, definitely. That's something I struggle with. I always turn my phone on and look at it. And I feel like I used to be such a morning person and pop right out of bed, but that was before I had a smartphone. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'll just lay there for like 45 minutes on my phone. I'm like, okay, Nicole, it's like 830. You need to get your butt up. And then Mm -hmm. I just don't feel right. Like I just can't start my day because I've already just like bogged myself down with like information overload, whether it's good or bad. Um. Yeah, so I, after watching The Social Dilemma, which I would recommend our listeners to watch if they feel like it, um, that I turned off my notifications because um, for, I turned it off all for, except for Snapchat. So Instagram, yeah, same. like anything, even email, mm-hmm. I just shut them off. Mm-hmm. So I was worried with doing that. I'm like, well, ew, is this going to make me check my phone more because I don't have the notification to tell me? But actually, I, I haven't, which is good. Yeah. So I thought, man, like, oh, my God, this is going to make me check it more. But I said, you know what? Try it out. We'll see. And really haven't. Um, it is funny how much I check my phone for notifications, though, because now I really notice it because I'm like, there's nothing there. Right. Clearly, um, nobody loves me. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Um, so I definitely find it helped with my Instagram usage. I think I'm not on it as much. Um, because I don't have those constant notifications. Um, the other thing I did, which I hadn't done before, is I went into my settings, and there's this whole part. I don't. I have an Android, but even for iPhone, I know they have this where you can like check how long you've been on mm-hmm. each app and like your average daily time and all this stuff. So it tracks that, so you can look at that to kind of give yourself a wake up call of like how much you're using. Yeah. And then again, you said you can set the timer, so like you only can beyond a certain app for an hour a day or whatever it is you want to do um and then the last thing that I have been trying to do for a couple years now is like if I find myself mindlessly scrolling I like take a minute to like take stock of like okay why am I doing this yeah am I trying to avoid some uncomfortable feeling or something else usually it's procrastination from (laughs) from schoolwork um and then like is there a purpose to like why I'm scrolling or am I just doing it mindlessly? Um, could I be doing something else with this time that might make me feel good? That might be fun, um, you know, or that's more productive. And I find for myself too, I've definitely been on social media more like when I've been in school the past three years because I'm procrastinating yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm like, when I was on breaks and home from school, I wasn't on it. Like I wasn't barely posting on Instagram as much or you know doing stories um which is I just always thought that was interesting I'm like hmm, it really is a tool for me to, my biggest procrastination tool yeah for sure it really is and I think that 
just like a drug, you know, that we're looking for that next high, that next hit. Mm-hmm. But like once you've done it once and you've experienced that feeling once, like you're never going to have that experience again. Like the first time you get high, the first time you get drunk, like you're never going to like feel that same feeling again, but you're like chasing Mm -hmm. after it. And we do that with social media too. Like we're looking for that dopamine hit and the likes Mm -hmm. um, or seeing something that's going to really inspire us or whatever it is. But again, not to like knock it completely because you know what, if I'm not feeling motivated to work out and then like I see somebody else who's working out and I'm like, yes, I'm going to go work out right now. So Mm -hmm. I totally respect it on that end. But I think just getting intentional with your scrolling, allowing yourself to scroll if you want to. But I think what you said with that taking stock is a great idea. Um, And maybe you don't set a timer, but I think setting a timer is a great idea because then you have an awareness of how much time you are spending. Mm -hmm. And I always ask my college students, you know, what would you do if if you had um, like an event or if you could like do some sort of stress management for college students? And they always come back and like they'll say what their thing would be. And the first thing is like, okay, there'd be no cell phones allowed. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. it's like we're so aware of it. We're so aware that it brings us stress and Mm -hmm. that it creates anxiety um, and sadness that comparison itis mm-hmm. but we're just still doing it so I think let's find a way to work with it and have it as a tool uh, yeah. because when we do turn our stress into motivation and into um, you know because not all stress is bad we can have it motivate us um but I think we can so easily get caught up in the negative and yeah. scrolling for 10 minutes can so quickly turn into like 45. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the the time was too puts you in control. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we don't have that to tell us like, Hey, you've been on here for an hour or 45 minutes. Like it, we, it, we don't have, we don't have the control in the situation because again, it is an addictive substance I'm gonna say call it a mm-hmm. substance um and it's designed to keep you on yeah Again, Facebook was freaking emailing me to yeah. get me back on Facebook like they are just tr- constantly trying to get your attention Absolutely. like no Instagram would give those notifications some this person is live and it's like but I don't really care like you don't need to notify me about that but they want you back on so they can profit from you more right um so when you put yourself in control uh it takes that power away from them. And again, like it it blows my mind. Like, Oh my God, no wonder like people were like good students back before social media, because what would I have to do Mm -hmm. if I didn't have, like, I'd be like so bored. I'd be like, okay, I guess I'll study. Like I'm that bored. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Like, and like, I don't know. I'm so fortunate and you are too. Like we didn't grow up with it. Like we would, draw and we would like make plays up and Mm -hmm. we'd go outside and like we were bored but we were like finding ways to entertain ourselves Mm -hmm. and I don't know like that was just that's such a blessing that we were able to grow up that way and I just hope that um 
I think kids really do appreciate it too when you get them out and away from their phones and their games and everything because we all have this imagination within us that needs to be explored yeah. and and uh, technology has given us so much and we have so much to be yeah. grateful for on that end too but just being able to really truly be ourselves uh, mm-hmm. is found when our phones are put down. Yeah I think yeah, there's definitely spaces to be creative on social media and there's plenty yeah. of people that do and that's great and that's why I people are like you know dissing TikTok the older generations but I'm like I think TikTok's amazing mm-hmm. because what is it and you're just making videos I mean you're be like these kids are being so creative yeah and they're it's they're playing just in front of a video and there's definitely right. repercussions that come with it and comparing yourself to others and how you look and whatever and all this stuff and there's bullying as well but I think it is a better creative outlet than say you know just scrolling on Facebook is I agree um and I think though that documentary did open my eyes up more to like that data issue and I'm like mm-hmm. all right there are darker things behind all of these apps than we even could imagine. So, oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure, you know, whatever is being said about TikTok, too, like, there are parts of it for sure that are justifiable in the sense of, mm-hmm. like, there is more going on than what we see on the outside. Um, but again when it comes to that creativity and being able to explore that like that's such a beautiful thing and I can just always remember when I was younger like wanting to uh like I'd be cooking something and I was pretending like I was cooking it for a tv show you know like on the food network and Mm -hmm. and I do think that there are some of us out there that do want to share our lives more and that's such a beautiful thing to be able to do in a time we've never been able to do that until now so just finding that balance to like know that there's there's a really constructive way that you can use social media and not let it like use you exactly I love that that was summed up perfectly (laughs) yeah so something else I've been doing for a couple years now or maybe like a year and I love Uh are my blue light glasses (gasps) Um, yes I got two pairs of them on Amazon I think they were like 20 bucks and mm-hmm. um, I'm like, whatever, 20 bucks, maybe they're not even going to work. No, they work. And it's crazy how different I feel when I wear them. And like, as soon as it gets dark out, I'll put them on. Or if like I have mm-hmm. to be on my computer all day for something I'm or like hours, I keep them on. But um, I just like sleep better with them. Mm-hmm. Like after if I've been watching TV or on my phone. Uh, and I have the blue light blockers on versus when I don't, I sleep better because, you know, that blue light, even from our lights in our house, is still yeah. disrupting us before we go to bed. So highly recommend that you get a pair of those. I know now you can even have them put into your actual prescription. Yeah, your prescription. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for people that don't know, I well, I also got blue light blockers like literally a year ago. Um and for blue light is a natural light that we actually get from the sun, but it's a very low um, amount that we get from the sunlight. But then things like fluorescent light bulbs, our TV screens, our iPads, phones, anything that's artificial light, we have this um, blue light that can 
disrupt. So basically the messes in our eyes, it's, you know, making the connection with the brain. It can mess up with our sleep cycles. So our melatonin and it can can cause insomnia. It causes um, hormone disruptions. Um, And like a plethora, obviously hormone disruptions and not sleeping can really mess up your life Mm -hmm. no matter what. So um, yeah, blue light blockers. um, I wear when I'm on the computer for a long time. I wore it yesterday when I took my boards exam because it's a hundred question test for two and a half hours. I'm like, I'm definitely don't want tired eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, Put those on. Yeah, it can help with eye fatigue. Um, I know a lot of companies for people that are working in like the tech industry or are on computers a lot, they're now offering um, to buy these glasses for their, their employees, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be also be aware that they're not all made equal. The ones that are like the best are like the kind of geeky looking ones that have like this yellow yeah. lens to them. Um, so there are, you know, ones that are better than others and just do your research um, when getting them, but they can help a lot for like headaches, um, insomnia and, a bunch of other stuff so it's definitely something to look into you can get them fairly cheap um and comfortable so and then they're cute too if you don't if you're not a glasses wearer and i've always wanted glasses this is a great yeah <laughs> way to wear glasses mm-hmm. um so this also might sound a little conspiracy theorist of me but i'm cool with it i have um emf protection on my phone and on my computers and on my smart tvs and mm-hmm. there are these little like discs that you can get again same thing like do your research they're not all created equally and these are intended to absorb some of the radiation that um escapes from our phones and tvs and computers so i've been meaning to get that too especially for wi-fi yeah so i've been turning my wi-fi off at night Mm -hmm. Uh, i haven't noticed like anything but I live, like, in the middle of nowheres, and I have that fortune to be able to do that because I know, like, if you live in a city, even if you turn off it's the all Wi-Fi, around you. yeah, it's all around <laughs> you. So I'm, like, and, like, maybe if that's the only thing that you can control and maybe there's no benefit to doing it, but for me and, like, the peace of mind, I'm, like, at least it's shut down for a few hours in our yeah. house. Um, so you know, I don't remember to do it every single night, but when I do, I feel good about it. And it's like, we're Mm -hmm. just really trying to shut it down for a little bit. Um, I do still sleep with my phone in my bedroom, but that's something I'm working towards Mm -hmm. getting out of my room. It's hard when you share a bed with somebody to like make that choice in the sense of like, they're still going to have their phone on the nightstand. So I'm kind of like, what's the difference? Um, yeah I've been turning mine off and or putting it in airplane mode every night mm-hmm. so I just I, which is bad because if someone needs to get a hold of me it's like my phone's off <laughs> I know it kind of makes me want to go back to like having a house phone so a landline if somebody did need to call me like my phone would ring totally uh, if it wasn't like outrageously expensive to have two different phones <laughs> yeah and not to mention too like when does that actually happen like I know that's such a optimistic mm-hmm. look but like I don't even know the last time that somebody had to call me in the middle of the night because of an emergency. Like if that's happened maybe one time in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. But yes, I know that's a real thing. And people like who have kids and things like away, totally, I get that. But 
I'm really working towards not having my phone in my bedroom at night anymore. We have a TV in our room, but we never even turn it on. Like once in a while, we'll turn it on if there's like a football game on and it's Sunday night and we'll watch it for like three minutes and then it gets shut off. Um, But yeah, just not having that blue light pounding in on you while you're trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. Such a good idea. Yeah. All right. Well, we got off on a little tangent, but yeah. it wouldn't be us if we didn't. <laughs> it all applies, right? <laughs> it yeah. does. Totally. Um, um, so, yeah, I think that's like just bringing it back home with like being able to notice how much you're using social media and how and what you're using it for. Yeah, definitely. It's it's an ongoing process. It's something that obviously we're living with. We're going to continue to live with social media. So, just being aware of how it makes you feel um, and making changes and seeing how that changes how you feel. Um, and, you know, we're not perfect. We're all human. Britt and I both use social media. We get, you know, entranced by it too. We spend hours on it that we shouldn't be. So just keep trying um, and do the best you can. And that's all you can do. Yeah. And to end on a positive we have learned so much because of social media. Oh yeah. Things that I would have never even been exposed to. And I'm sure you feel the same way uh, because you start following somebody because they have something in common with you or you're interested in that topic. And then it opens up your eyes and your mind to a whole different way of thinking maybe, or you find some new natural remedy that works for you. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of positive in the world of social media and yeah and just being able to be connected to our friends and family that we wouldn't Mm -hmm. otherwise do but yeah just not letting it control you and just before we leave I just wanted to say as well just reminded myself that having social media is an extreme privilege yeah um not everyone can afford to have a phone or a computer or whatever to even access social media so having um, that knowledge at our fingertips, we have extreme privilege with for that. Um, and some people need social media. Like I saw this one post about people that have disabilities and have, you know, groups and are, they need those groups, you know, to get by and survive and get information. Like that's a privilege for them. Um, yeah. It's a privilege for us to, to also tune out and decide to turn off from it. Absolutely. So it goes both ways. Um, and just to stay aware of that as well um and use it appropriately so yeah very well said yeah all right well we hope you guys learned some stuff for today again if you want to watch it it's on netflix it's called the social dilemma um i highly recommend it uh it's only like an hour and a half so go watch that and we will talk to you guys soon yes find us on instagram (laughs) yeah yeah all right Bye. bye Also find us on our individual Instagram accounts. You can find Nicole at essence.acupuncture and you can find Brit at balanced underscore Britta. Talk to you soon and as always stay in touch.